Well, hello everyone and welcome to Let's Make a Deal, Locked on Flames edition. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. Let's make a deal edition here on your favorite podcast, Locked On Flames. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. We are so happy to have you here. And Nick has come up with a brilliant idea because if Craig Conroy's not going to be the GM, then the armchair GMs on Cat Friendly will do all the work for him. How, how are you doing, Nick? I'm good. Like everybody else, I'm a little hot. I'm a little tired of being humid and living in Florida climate without access to the beaches of Florida. Uh, the air quality is bad again, so I haven't yep. been outside today. So th- things are going just terrific over here uh, in the Northeast. Yeah, absolutely. Going swimmingly. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever yeah. you get your podcasts. We are down to three episodes a week until probably September-ish. Um, so, you know, we're still here for you. We're still going to be here covering the Flames, making the most out of the off season. And, yeah, just subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Nick, when you texted me this idea, I was so excited. I thought you were going to say, well, let's play, like, match game or something, like... Oh, hey, by the end of summer, we are going to be playing Secret Password because there's going to be absolutely nothing to talk about. And it also got me, gave me another free thing to make content out of and did the tier maker of game shows because I was bored while I after doing this. So, yeah, this is the way my brain works. When I don't know why I thought of this today, but I, I was like, what are we going to talk about today? I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. And I don't know where it came to me. And I was just like, all right, let's get silly. There's nothing of consequence going on. We have no idea if the Flames are even close to getting resolution on a lot of these decisions one way or another. So I did what you said. I opened up cap friendly. I went through every single team in the league to see who had the cap space to take on Elias Lindholm straight up. There were not a lot of teams that fit that criteria, even though he's only making $4.8 million for this season coming up that starts in the fall. I really found a lot of teams that would have to send a roster player back to kind of make the money make up match up because the teams that have a lot of cap space, those teams aren't in a position where they're going to give up draft picks and future good prospects because those are teams like the Blackhawks, like the Coyotes, that they are not in a position yet where they want to push chips into the middle of the table and be aggressive in acquiring quality talent on a good team Elias Lindholm is a second line center on a genuine Stanley Cup contender he is something comparable to what Kadri was on the avalanche when they won the cup a couple years ago a really good player doesn't drive stuff by himself he's kind of reliant on his wingers if he has good wingers you can get by with him being your first line center like we saw two years ago where he had two great wingers who were good at driving play they were able to make zone entries so all he had to do was facilitate and he was really good in that environment because defenses on the other team would cue in on Kachuk on Goudreau, and it gave him a lot more space to operate. So if you send Elias Lindholm to a team with quality wingers and you try and find a way to kind of create a facsimile version of that where the wingers can drive a lot of the offense and all he has to do is be a quality passenger, which he's capable of doing. He's a solid passenger when you have given great line mates by himself. He's probably a second-line center. His ceiling is probably 60-ish points 
as a second line center on a decent team if he doesn't have great complementary talent. But that's that's workable, especially at the number he's at for this upcoming season. And that's really kind of the big picture thing that makes this interesting and why trying to find a landing spot becomes challenging is any team that trades for him in the summer is going to want that extension lined up before trading for him. Absolutely. or it'll be one of the, you know, the shenanigan ones where we didn't agree to an extension until he got here, even though the terms were ironed out and the announcement was made within an hour of the trade. That's what we need here to kind of – that's what we need for the Flames to get the best value they possibly can in this trade. They need the contract agreed to before they trade him. Absolutely. And I feel like Lindholm has, like, a lot of, ne- like, leverage here when it yes. comes to negotiations because of – his value and what he's been making and he's been one of the most like dynamic centers I would say at least in the west and he's making he's making less than Andrew Mangiapane he makes less than five million a year and he's a 65 point ish center on a pretty good team he doesn't sink you defensively he's upper echelon center I would say he's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like the 35th best center in the entire league, something in that neighborhood, which is pretty good. You need one of those guys if you're a good team. The issue for the Flames and for a lot of these teams who are good, we're going to talk about coming up in the second and third segment is Lindholm is good, but just because he's good doesn't mean you should throw money at him, which wow. is kind of the conundrum a lot of these teams get into where they have tap space, they have assets to burn, they say, we're, we can be better than we are right now. Let's go get better right now. Like you think about the Islanders trading for Bo Horvat. You think about the Flyers signing Kevin Hayes. You think about the Rangers signing Vincent Trocek, where these are good hockey players. All three of those guys I just mentioned, Vinny Trocek, Kevin Hayes, Bo Horvat, those are really good hockey players. I wouldn't say any of them are great. I wouldn't say any of them have one elite skill. I would say they're all useful. The issue is that there's only so much cap space to go around and there's only so much good talent to go around, which is why you see teams throw money at these guys. That's a little bit out of their range. Like Kevin Hayes getting what he got. That was probably about a million dollars more. Bo Horvath got an extension once he got traded for it. Probably got about a million, million and a half more than he's worth. Lindholm really is going to be the bellwether because he's probably going to be the last of that tier to sign their extensions uh, before the cap jump happens next summer which is kind of what everybody's banking on happening. So there probably is a delusional team somewhere in segment two or three that's going to say, it's fine. We'll trade for him right now, and the cap's going to go up $5 million next year. We know it. Gary says it. It's happening. And some team is going to trade for him if the Flames trade him based on that logic because there are a few teams on the list here that we're going to talk about that don't have five, $6 million in cap space available for next summer. There are two teams on this list that have less than a million dollars in cap space right now and are going to have to send a roster player back to the Flames to make the money work. And then next summer, it'll be going from four and a half to somewhere between eight and nine would be my estimation for what Lindholm's going to get. Yeah, no, that it sounds a lot like uh, credit card spending when you're like, oh, that's exactly what it is. And then you'll pay it back later. Good luck. That's Uh, exactly what happens to all of these teams. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear uh, what teams are in this wonderful uh, game show. And we are going to talk about that next. And before we dive into all the fun and games, let's talk about a different game. Well, FanDuel. 
Uh, take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is just throw 20 bucks in. And I mean, I don't know, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Just be silly and bet hopefully good things. But it doesn't matter because even if your bet doesn't hit, you still get the bonus bets, which is fantastic. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today as we, uh, you know, really get into silly season here on Lockdown Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and chime in what the deals you would, you know, say yes to uh, in the comment section on YouTube or when you leave a nice little uh, five-star rating and a little review. Oh, boy. So typically on Let's Make a Deal, it's presented as do you want this little box do you want what's behind the curtain do you want what's in that big box and i am limited in terms of props uh, there's a strike going on i don't have access to all the props i typically would when i'm doing a show <laughs> I, I stand in solidarity with the screen actors guild so i'm not going as in depth as i would have normally but the first door this is your team trying to stave off the inevitability of time this is the team that is living a little in delusion that thinks all we need to do is replace two guys who are leaving, maybe just one guy who is leaving. We keep the band together one more season. We just oh. played a really good tour. We're just replacing our bassist. We're going to be okay without our bassist because this new bassist, he's the cousin of our drummer. We're going to be fine. And that, that's the Boston Bruins. That, that is the that is the first team because based on what I understand, it seems like Krejci's absolutely not coming back yeah. and Bergeron is possibly coming back. So that's two centers they need to replace. They still have Charlie Coyle. That's really the only center of note they have at the moment. They may be able to tinker around with their lineup a little bit based on what they can do. But the idea here is very simple. You put Lindholm on a line with pasta with Marchand. He can do 65, 70%, I'd argue even 80% of what Krejci did last year. And you got it one last run. And then the year after, if you don't get him to agree to an extension, whatever, you're going to be bad anyway. So it doesn't matter because once Bergeron leaves, they're done, done. So at the very least, you have one last, one last, and I know we've said this about the Bruins for like three years in a row now, but one but last crack at it. This is truly the end. Yes, this is the end. It goes as long as Bergeron wants to keep playing. It's like a Springsteen set at 12.05 a.m. where everyone's looking around at each other. And it's like, it's been four hours, Bruce. I want to go home. I'm tired. And he's still doing Rosalita with three songs left in the set. That's kind of what the Bruins are right now. Yeah, no. And, you know, if there is one thing to just like one way to describe the Bruins, it is absolutely delusional. And uh, that's why I root for them, because, you know, we're just a bunch of crazies and uh, just goes well together. But what would that uh, return be, I guess? Okay, so for the Bruins, this is one of the teams that would have to send a roster player back that's making a decent amount of money to make the math work. So the two candidates for that role are Jake DeBrusque, who 
Useful player, last year of an, a contract this upcoming season. He's a free agent following this upcoming season. A wing, not a center. Value a little bit less. Coming off a really good season. He had a really strong bounce back season last year after agreeing to that two-year deal before where he, re he requested a trade, but they gave him that extension anyway. He had a good season, so he took back the no trade. He makes about what Lindholm makes, so the money comes out to pretty much even. And then I have them with a Bruins first-round pick, but they don't own their first-round pick this year coming up, so it would have to be for the following year. But the Bruins would probably be inclined to do a pick swap with that where they will give the Flames the better of twenty, the worst of 2025 or 2026, one of the conditional ones where yeah. if the Bruins pick in the top, 15 next year, the pick slides to the following year, something along those lines. And then either Fabian LaSalle or Mason Lowry as the prospect throw in. I'm using the Bo Horvat trade as the model of roster player, second best forward prospect, and a first round draft pick as the model. And the Bruins pick will be worse than the pick that the Canucks got from the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, every part of me says yes. I think that. But Jake DeBrusque and Dylan Dubé are essentially the same player to me. Similar toolboxes, but Jake's a little bit more of a shooter, whereas yes. uh, Dubé's a little more grindy. I think I think there's a world, and I, I see the comp, but the Flames do need to get something back that can play on the team oh, right yeah. away, which is part of why all of these trades, some of these trades, sound kind of ugly especially some of the ones further down the list. Like there's one in here that's like, no one is doing this, but I had to find another team to keep yeah. the content going. So, but yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think this trade would make sense for both teams. I just don't think the Bruins would trade DeBrusque based on the season they had, he had last year, even though Lindholm fills a very obvious need and let Coyle slide back down to that third center role, which is where he was a lot better last year than the year before where he, he's, he's a solid hockey player, but he's not a two C on a good team. No. I, and plus, you know, I think you could potentially get DeBrusque to sign some sort of an extension. Um, he is, from Edmonton, really Alberta. So, you know, he's a lot closer to home uh, and everything like that. So, you know, you kind of have that in your favor if you're looking at like the off ice stuff, but. And the I, prospects don't matter for the Bruins because at, at this point, those guys are going to get thrown to the wolves on either a really bad Bruins team yeah. two years from now. And you really still don't know, like Fabian LaSalle has been their best prospect for like three years now. And he's still yet to get a look. Nika, who was like yeah. their esteemed prospect until yeah. he got traded to like Vancouver or something. Yes. So yes, but I really just need the flames to like, help the prospects as well yeah okay door number two. Oh no another team that we have had linked to Lindholm more than once the carolina hurricanes this one there are two candidates that could work as the roster player the obvious one is jesperi kotakiemi who is getting paid almost what Lindholm is getting made but mm -hmm. doesn't profile as good offensively a little bit more defense first and frankly he's probably a third line center on a good team He's 27. He's under contract for the next couple of seasons. That makes it work even straight up. The other guy they could do, the problem is this guy is very good, and there's a world in which this makes sense for both teams. 
The problem is the Flames have too many good right-handed defensemen, and it's Brett Pesci, who the Hurricanes yeah. reportedly want to trade because they don't want to give him a long-term extension because they're probably going to sign Tony D'Angelo in a few weeks whenever that, whenever they can finally do that. Why would you, like... Because they can sign him for a, a million dollars, a million and a half dollars less than Brett Pesci, trade Brett Pesci and turn him into more stuff, get yeah. more stuff, and keep re-racking like they've done the last couple times they've had good roster players who are close to expiring. And then if you do, um, the other thing I had to throw in here to make the money work was Jordan Martinook as just an extra body to make the money work because Carolina doesn't have the cap space. So they would have to trade one of Pesci, Kotikiemi, and Jordan Martinook, who's just a throw-in, to make the money work. The Flyers, second-round pick, and then either Drak Jury or Alexander Nikishin. Excuse me, words are hard. Alexander Nikishin. I had to squint. I couldn't see which order the I and the K were in. Uh, see, I think... I'd rather have DeBrus than Kotikiemi. Yeah, but if I you don't... If you could get Pesci, this becomes interesting. But the Flames also already have two good right-handed defensemen and would have to play Pesci on his offside or one of Rasmus Anderson or uh, Mackenzie Weger on their, and their offside. And you're probably not going to do that, no. So that's why it becomes tricky to make Pesci work. Yeah, I just – no. It's going on the very, very, very back burner if they're calling. There's a world in which you could do that and just flip Pesci again and turn him into more stuff. But I think you probably can get more for Lindholm than Pesci straight up based on their positional value and what they bring. Yeah. So you're probably better off. You're probably, I'd probably take the Bruins offer before I would take Carolina's offer there. But Pesci is probably the best individual talent of any player yeah. on this list I have. I mean, I would say so. But I also think that the Flames really just truly need to find I mean, they're not going to be able to trade for a true 1C no. uh, with this cap space. And if they need to shoot. They need to shoot the puck more. So if you're bringing someone in, they need to, they need to not be afraid of shooting the puck. Yes. So. Okay. Door number three. This is an interesting one. And a team that can afford to do the money straight up. They have plenty of cap space. They're a decent team. They made the playoffs last year. It's time to see if they're going to start pushing chips in, and that's the Kraken. Seattle is a team where they have plenty of cap space to do it. The, th the biggest question would be whether the Flames would want just futures or if they would take a roster player back to make it easier on Seattle doing it. The roster players I have listed are Alexander Wenberg and or Jaden Schwartz. Those are both solid top six guys. A little bit older. Wenberg's 28. Schwartz is 31. Schwartz is under contract for three more years. Wenberg's under contract for four more years. That works. And then your choice of draft pick, you probably do a one. And then one of their forward prospects, that's not Shane Wright. So either Ty Cartier or David Goyette. So one of those two guys. This works for both teams. It gives the Kraken a true – I would say he'd probably be their 1C – he can play on a team with wingers who do a lot of work that are good skaters that he won't have to do as much transition work. And he elevates that team. He makes Seattle better right away. And the, the Flames are getting a useful veteran, a decent prospect, and a first-round pick from a team that can pick from anywhere between 16 and 30, 31 next year. So it's, you know, it's not the sexiest trade on this list, but it, it does the job. It fills, It fulfills the obligation of roster player, draft pick, and prospect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 
that's it's kind of attractive in the sense because you do have you know older players signed for you know three or four more years that's not a long long long-term commitment but it's also enough time to get this window figured out where they can be placeholders they can be placeholders on yeah. a mediocre team where you're not just throwing your young guys to the wolves. That yeah. whoever your young guys are going to be, they're going to play with a Jaden Schwartz or an Alexander Winberg, and it will help their experience as a young player. Yeah, for the sake of uh, the Calgary Flames admins, um, I would love to see Alex Winberg on this team. Just, just a thought. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. Points were made. Points were made. <laughs> um, but oh gosh. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to turn any of those truly away. Maybe, like, Carolina is the only one where I'm more apprehensive. Yeah. I mean, if a deal needs to get done, a deal needs to get done. Exactly, oh, no. exactly. Like, that's yeah. where to, – to your that's to your point, what you said before, of Lindholm has all the leverage here. Yeah. And, oh, the, I just got a notification. It's uh, – Michael Backlund said, I'm ready to come back and play the season. And if it goes great, I might want to extend after that season. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do you can't no. do that. You trade him. You, not even that. It's just you trade him at the deadline, no yeah. matter what. At the very least, you because you can get a, a good decent second round pick. A yeah. second round pick for a 33, 34-year-old. That that you do that every time because you're yeah. not going anywhere. Appreciate yeah. this, appreciate everything you've done, but we're worried about three, four years from now. Yeah. And uh, we're worried about doors three through six here coming up next. And you're going to want to stick around for this. Thank you everyone for sticking around and, you know, trudging through this brutal off season with us here on Lockdown Flames. You can follow us on Twitter at Just Bomosto and Nick Zararis. I'm curious because those first three doors were they were pretty good. I, I feel like these are going to be like the 16-year-old armchair GMs that are just not not good. See, they don't use cap friendly correctly because I made no. sure these were cap compliant before I made them. <laughs> so uh, the next team here is another team that's similar to Seattle, but they've spent a bit of money this offseason. They are starting to kind of – their GM is starting to feel a little bit of pressure of like, hey, I've been here a long time. We haven't accomplished a lot. They've given me two chances to build this group up and down again, and that would be the Columbus Blue Jackets. The, oh. So the roster player I have going back to Calgary is Jack Roslovich. Oh. I wish it was Johnny Gaudreau, but the money doesn't work there. <laughs> no. It's Jack Roslovich who makes about four and a half, five, a little bit. He makes about what Lindholm makes. And then one of their winger prospects, I have Jordan Dumay or Kirill Marchenko as the roster as the prospect there and then probably a second round pick because you're getting a better prospect from them because Columbus has a better prospect pool because they've been so bad for so long frankly so when you're trading with these teams like Columbus Seattle to a certain extent who have better prospect pools you're more willing to take a second or a third round pick because you can get a prospect that's closer to being NHL ready and Roslovich is a pending UFA so if it doesn't work next season you could just flip them at the deadline you can let him walk at the end of the season, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see that. Um, I think that, you know, to have a prospect that kind of is, like, NHL-ready is very important right now for the Flames in terms of getting younger. I think that it would be 
you know, it's one of those things you can't say no to. Exactly. I, I wouldn't say no to it. Exactly. The next one is kind of a stretch because this team already has like five centers, but I had to find a few teams where I could realistically make it work. And uh, <laughs> the Islanders. So the way oh you'd God. make it. The way you'd make this work is Pajot makes $5 million even. You do Pajot for Lindholm as the money straight up. The problem with the Islanders is they have no prospects left because they've traded them all for other roster players, and they've tra- they've traded their draft picks for roster players. So you're going to get the uh, – you, you, what I'm trying to think, the, the everything else. Like, you're getting the three best things they have left. So I have Samuel Bolduc, who's a defenseman. Sean Maggio, who's a forward, and Will DeFour, who's an overage forward. So you're getting scraps in terms of prospects, but you're getting a useful middle six center. You're getting a first-round pick for next year. And then to make the money work, the Flames will also be getting Cal Clutterbuck, who will probably be going on LTIR indefinitely because back, hip, he's 35 years old. And, yeah. and he has one year left on this contract, and it's only $1.2 million. It was either Clutterbuck or Matt Martin, but there's a real chance that if the Islanders were to trade Clutterbuck, they could convincingly be like, hey, go on LTIR. This team will trade your money somewhere else and you retire, whether it be yeah. they trade that, whoever they trade the money to, whether it be the Coyotes or the Blackhawks, whatever. You can go and get, you know, dump him for a sixth round pick for cap space, whatever. And you get Gabriel, John Gabriel Pajot for the next four years as your second or third line center on a rebuilding team and, a, and the smorgasbord of mediocre prospects. Yeah, it's a stretch, but it's something. If you really need to get it done, exactly who you're calling. Yeah, because the Islanders were in ish on Debrinket. They've been in ish on like every realistically big name forward for the last couple of years. Uh, Next on the list, this one's a little, again, another bit of a stretch, especially considering they traded for a center already this offseason. I have the St. Louis Blues. They traded for Kevin Hayes already, but they still don't know if they want to try and be competitive with the Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Buchnevich group, or if they just kind of want to let those guys age out-ish, because those guys are all in their mid-20s to late-20s, where they could realistically try and be a pretty decent team the next couple years. And adding Lindholm to that group does that. You can get something decent. You're probably getting back someone like Brandon Saad as your – money to make the money work because before they traded for Kevin Hayes, you could have just did for futures. But now that they traded for Kevin Hayes at that half retain, you would need to take some money back to make it work for St. Louis. And then you can get a second round pick and you can get a prospect like Jake neighbors is NHL ready. Jimmy Snuggerud is kind of NHL ready. Again, this is like the Islanders where it doesn't make a ton of sense for the team trading for them, but it makes them better. And the flames can at least get something for Lindholm. Yeah, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of the goal, regardless if it's something like a prime rib level trade or it's just kind of scraps because you have to make it work. I think the Flames are being dumb and not putting, you know, applying any pressure, at least publicly. And, you know, I'm all for players having their – leverage and whatnot but come on unfortunately we do have the business side of things here and yeah I mean all of those sound like things that like actually could happen and not like Hannafin and uh Lindholm to Toronto for Nylander and something else um so I'm not 
Yeah, I'm not. The money opposed. doesn't work on. The money yeah. doesn't work on that in my head. I just yeah. did the mental math because yeah, it would work for this year, but Nylander wants like nine, wants and the Flames don't. Have, the, the Flames don't have nine, ten million dollars for next year, so you would. It, it wouldn't make sense to do that. No, it wouldn't. And why would you tie up another nine hundred million dollars in a quote unquote aging player? But all right, I got one more for you. Oh no. Okay. This was a stretch. I I really had to dig to find somebody, and this one doesn't make a ton of sense for the team trading for them, but I have the Sharks <laughs> here as a team that's inclined to do stupid things and could use useful players because their roster is pretty barren, and they still ha- will likely end up moving Eric Carlson and need warm bodies on that team, and they could use another Swede to fill out that spot of handsome Swede on the team. So <laughs> I have... The Flames getting Kevin LeBanc, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and then one of Thomas Bordlow, Alexander Chomensky, or Salatov Yuliev, where one of these guys – the interesting thing about Yuliev is he was over here in the, the uh, in major junior hockey, and then went back to Russia because he was like, I don't really want to play for the Sharks right now. So the Sharks have his rights still, and he's under contract in Russia for two more seasons, and he's still very young. So two years from now – you have his rights, and he's he kind of at this point unknown if he's ever going to come over. But yeah. in a group, in a in a bundle of assets, there are worse things you can get than somebody who puts up fifty points in a KHL season as a twenty-one year old. So, it, again, we're we're stretching the uh, the limits of plausibility, but we got to get creative here. There are not yeah. a lot of creative people in the NHL. No, and we see that because it's just constant recycling. But yeah, no, I think that all of those are you know like you said, kind of a stretch uh, to some degree. But again, if you have to make it work and you're, again, looking for that final, just some sort of return, you do it. It's not, like, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the team. Letting him walk for nothing is the stupidest thing that could happen. We already saw it last summer. We don't need to relive it. I mean, granted, this would be to a different extent, but it's still a player that is is very useful, and you could get a decent return for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They, all of these trades facilitate the what the Flames need. They need to get a warm body back who they can play in the lineup right away. They need to get at least one first-round pick or a high second-round pick. And they need to get a prospect who has a really good shot of playing in the NHL. They don't need to be anything amazing, but they need a solid middle six guy for the NHL team's future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, again, that's just what makes sense. And Craig Conroy, I know you listen to this show to get inspiration. So um, please run Nick your check or his check. Um, guys hey, can man. work that out. <laughs> Any NHL team gives me like 60 grand a year just to say do that or don't do that. I will make I will save them a lot of money just spending 60 grand on me saying yes or no to decisions. Wonderful. And that's really that's all these teams need is just somebody who has basic internet access and doesn't rely on anecdotal evidence. Exactly. Well, that does it for today's episode of Let's Make a Deal Locked on Flames. And thank you. didn't tell me which deal you were taking, Just. Oh. You gotta pick one of the seven. Oh, shoot. That's right. Um, the Bruins deal. Yeah, that, that's probably the best one, just because DeBrusque is probably the best. 
He's the best individual talent you can probably actually get. I don't think you probably would do a Pesci for Lindholm type thing. So individual talent-wise, yeah, DeBrusque is definitely the best player you could get one for one. And then you get the bundle of whatever else is left. Yeah, so, and I promise I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bruins fan. I think that that one is truly, like, the best possible return. So thank you, everyone. Again, we're here for you three times a week now until camp starts up and make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And um, you can follow us on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and at Nick Zoraris. And we will see you tomorrow.